0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are finally covering one of the most talked about movies of 2019. Uh, I was thinking about waiting to record this intro uh, until we find out about the Oscar nominations because it's probably going to be up for a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, But this is uh, the week before that. It just won Best Foreign Language Film at the Golden Globes. Did not win Best Picture Drama or Best uh, Director. Many people thought it might. It is, of course, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. If you don't know it, it's a Korean film. It deals with class warfare. Although, really, you should go watch it first and then come back and listen to this. Everybody's been talking about it. Anyone who is part of the, the film world the the world of talking about films online knows about this movie it's been something that's been talked about non-stop all throughout 2019 and it is one of a few movies i did not want to move on into 2020 without having gotten a chance to talk about and i'm glad to finally be talking about it with my old buddy q from the bird road podcast and of course my boss here at all points west network uh so yeah we got a great conversation it's a little bit of a quick one but uh we we get some really good puzzle pieces in so great episode coming up here in a second on parasite First, I do want to remind you, make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and uh, also on Podchaser. Follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. You know what? Let's get into this conversation about Parasite. All right, so today on the show, we've got with us... David Quinones, how's it going? I'm splendid. <laughs> you don't sound so sure about that. I'm fine. Let's yeah. move on. Okay, let's let's just, <laughs> let's, let's move forward. Uh, we're gonna talk about Parasite, which I, I think this might be the longest I've gone between seeing a movie and finally covering it here on PC. Yeah, Night I know Together. it's
1: unfortunate. Although this is a movie that we you kind of have to let. I don't know about for you. I don't, I don't think you like this movie quite as much as I really liked it. But this is a movie that need, that needs to simmer a little. It bit. It does.
0: It absolutely does. Actually, that is something. This movie has very much grown for me as as I've moved further away from it and like really. Thought about, you know, what exactly he was trying to do with it, what he's trying to say and different, you know, we'll get into that as we get into some of these puzzle pieces, but I do like it quite a bit more than when it first came out. It's also a movie and people have been asking me about Parasite for months now, um, like, oh, is Parasite really, you know, as good as people say? And I almost want to like temper their expectations because that's part of the problems. I went into it like, oh, okay, this weekend I'm going to see the greatest movie ever made, according right. to everybody on Twitter. Right. And the
1: other the other quandary with with Parasite is when you're presenting it for other people or preparing it for other people is reading the room. Like mm-hmm. this is not a movie for everybody, and there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, even if there are people who appreciate. I don't know, what you would call this autourish cinema, I guess. Sure. Like people who aren't just Michael Bay fans. By the way, you gotta get me on for um Six Underground. Six, you still haven't yeah. done a Six Underground episode. I,
0: I half watched it on New Year's Day, but it's I was kind so of out good. of it. It's probably
1: <laughs> the best movie of the last 25 years, but <laughs> uh Six Underground is incredible. But this movie, even if it's people who aren't, you know, Michael Bay shoot 'em up like, you know, kind of basic bitch movie people, if they're people that have some taste or you Know some insight into what makes you know Autorish movies good. This is still there's like a 50 50 50, 50 chance that it's not going to be up their alley and that it won't really land and that they'll ingest it as nothing, no, nothing more than the, the typical auteurish right. bear.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny. I was actually just thinking about that yesterday. With I I've, once upon a time in Hollywood, just came out on streaming and. The amount of people in my, especially Facebook feed, not so much Twitter feed, who are like, finally saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, God, was that boring. Yeah. And I'm just like, who are these people? Like, you know, they apparently can't get into this kind of a movie. Something that's, you know, maybe got a little bit under the surface that you actually have to pay attention for and, you know, really like get into. If you're going to enjoy it, it's not just going to be uh, uh, just a total just... Assault you with action the whole time, or nonstop joke a minute kind of thing. Although this is a funny movie, and it's got some action in it. It's funny.
1: It does have some action, and it, and it has tension and those thriller moments in it. But um, the message isn't immediately accessible. It's not. Right. It's not that overt. And uh, I guess we'll get into that as we start talking about what the influences were. Sure. I, I will say toughest, toughest. Uh, I've been on. I don't know how many of these four or five piecing it together. Stuff toughest one this is very much a singular movie very Mm -hmm. unique i don't think that the director bang jun ho is influenced by a lot of cinema i think he's i think he's mostly an original creation
0: he absolutely is he has an original voice 100 percent. and uh we could still find things that we could talk about so why don't we jump into the first one what do you got for your first piece and yeah we probably won't have a lot of pieces on this one but let's uh let's see what you got first
1: So I did a little bit of research and I actually watched some things that, um, mine are going to be a little esoteric and weird, but, uh, I I will start off with one that's pretty, um, pretty on point. And the the thing that I couldn't stop thinking about during the course of this whole, this entire movie, and it's not a movie at all. It's actually a TV show, originally a British show that Mm -hmm. is, that ran for, I think a couple of seasons or series as they call them over there. And then, uh, came over here and has now been going strong on Showtime for, I think 13 years. A show <laughs> called Shameless, which um, stars William H Macy and uh, a whole cast of a uh, young, younger folks. Uh, the the main up until her departure from the uh, from the show, the the other main character was Yona Gallagher, who was played by oh god, what is Sam Smail's girlfriend's name? Um, I don't know. Um, Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. Incredible show at this point. It's been on so long that I'm not really sure if anybody's watching it anymore. It's not really part of the zeitgeist, but it was, you know, it follows the Gallagher family who, who are these, you know, low end South South side, Chicago dirtbags that run scams. They don't have they're in, they're just generationally impoverished. Um, they have all these, you know, horrible genetic traits of alcoholism and violence and just all of these different things is that, that, um, Sort of work together with the system of capitalism that we exist in to keep them down. The mm-hmm. show, over its many years, has done a great job of showing how, like, how equally to blame and not romanticizing. I think a lot of, a lot of times when we show or we depict the poor or the impoverished, there's a tendency to um, romanticize them and be like, right. how poor they are." It's not their fault; they're in this situation. And one thing that I that I found refreshing. As somebody who grew up really poor, uh, about *Parasite* and that I love about *Shameless* is that they don't let them off the hook. They're pe- mm-hmm. they're dirtbags. They're complete pieces of shit, and they're they don't try to. Um, th- but they're still human, you know. Like it, that doesn't right. mean that they're not worthy of being treated with dignity. So uh, yeah, my number one. I don't know if you've ever seen an episode of *Shameless* or not, but uh, William H Macy has really just like kicked ass for the last thirteen years on that TV show.
0: Yeah, that, that's a show I did watch, like, the first, I don't know, three episodes or something, really liked it, just never got to really get into it and continue. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I like that piece a lot, and I like, you know, what you're saying there about... You know about them basically being dirtbags. I mean, that's another thing of that barrier of entry for this this uh, movies. I think you know people who are given the scoop on what it is beforehand are going to be like, oh, another rich people are bad movie. You know, right. but really, yeah. that's that's kind of the beauty of it is that it's not that it's everybody's bad. You right. know, and that, and that that is going to uh, you know factor into some of my pieces for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like that Shameless as a as a first piece. That's great. So what do you got, Dave? So my first one, I think, is a a pretty obvious one. And I actually, after having written it down, did end up finding uh, somewhere where Bong acknowledged this, that he was surprised when the initial trailer for this other movie came out and was like, oh, there's another movie, a new movie, exploring a lot of the same themes, and that is Jordan Peele's Us. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, in Us, w- there there's this class of people who live underground and they are tethered to the people who who live in the regular world and uh you know the people in the regular world get to you know enjoy the luxuries of you know (laughs) i have a
1: literal child here and she's (laughs) making less noise than
0: that harvey stop being a literal child they get to uh, live, you know, in the the regular world and enjoy, you know, a regular life on the backs of these people who live underground and have to do some of the harder parts of the world and have to, you know, like for example, the uh, the 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 guy underground is is you know making the light go off and on all the time, and you know the 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 main family just kind of takes it for granted that oh, there's a short and the light just coming on and off. Not even really thinking about who, or the fact that there could be someone controlling this stuff, and it's just there's a lot of levels to that of of n- taking for granted that oh there is a uh, uh, a class underneath that is controlling some of the things, or not necessarily controlling, but helping to operate some of the things that go into everyday life.
1: Yeah, and over on our other show, uh, Bird Road, where which is you know very much about politics and you know culture and and. Uh, fart jokes, I guess, but also like, (laughs) like we've talked before about how, you know, that's a feature, not a bug of capitalism, right? Like that in order for us to even you and me just to live our generally like middle class, normal existence, like there has to be for every one of us, three or four people who are immiserated and, 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 just barely hanging on and are, you know, smashing their head against, a uh, uh. A light switch to turn it on and off for us, like yeah. there has to be pain, there has to be suffering, there has to be tethered people. there has to be i personally and i'm I'm interested to hear what you think about about us. I don't think we ever talked about that movie together um where Where do you put that? I know you only asked two movies, but I guess in the pantheon of that like new horror, like did you like us how what would you think of us?
0: The thing about us is I think it 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 tries too hard to answer all of its questions. And yeah. it drags the movie down way too much. It asks too many questions, answers too many, doesn't answer enough, and, and it it just kind of goes up its own ass a little bit as far as storytelling is concerned. I I think Jordan Peele is a really effective filmmaker, though. I think he is going to make some really incredible movies in his career. Um, I just think he you know maybe didn't have a full plan in place when he went Yeah, into I wasn't
1: I wasn't super fully on board uh with with us. I thought it was good. It was a good yeah, movie. Um sure. he I mean, we we had that you and I had a thread recently where we were talking about potentially creating the Oscars potentially creating the uh best first time director award. Mm-hmm. And um that reminds me, he's like the perfect example of that, right? Where Sure. Um I don't think he had directed a feature before um before Get Out, right?
0: I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and, unless you had done incredible. that Keanu movie, I'm not sure, but Yeah, I don't know good. if that counts. No no one's awarding that though. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's not getting any awards.
1: Um so Dave, from uh one of the more progressive filmmakers of color to uh of our of our day, as we as we, you know, transition from your puzzle piece us to my sure. next piece, um a, a film that's not that. Uh, a film that I actually went and watched and is available on YouTube and that you can actually find and is um, very old. I, I didn't watch all of it, but I was in my research. I found that there was so much comparisons, so many comparisons to this and Parasite that I had to check it out. It's a movie called Intolerance. Intolerance is was uh, was put out by, in uh, nineteen sixteen. It's a silent film, obviously nineteen sixteen. Um, sure. Directed by D.W. Griffith. Does that name ring any bells, Dave? Ah, uh, no. So D.W. Griffith the director of Intolerance had just uh come off of a movie in 1915 that he had made called Birth of a Nation.
0: So oh, okay.
1: um any film buff knows that Birth of a Nation is a very controversial uh movie that depicted the Ku Klux Klan in a um mm-hmm. in a uh, uh in in sort of a valiant in a positive light and uh was very much you know in tune with the times portrayed uh african americans and slaves as cartoonish and very negatively sure horribly racist movie especially if you look back at it and watch it with um modern day uh i guess sensibilities um now what's funny about this movie which was like a set of four different vignettes that explored different class struggles from like ancient Babylon. Through like biblical times, through the Renaissance, and then sort of a more modern American story that was set in 1914. Um, And all of them explored similar class struggles to what Parasite did or what Parasite dived into. Um, What was interesting, what I thought was funny about this was the movie's title, while each one of the vignettes was about their own type of intolerance, the movie's title itself was actually. DW Griffith's uh sort of parry back at people who were, he said were intolerant of birth of a nation. Mm. So, I just thought that that had a lot of resonance with the modern moment that we're in where this like uh you know, you and I talk about this all the time with uh uh you know, where does a creator end, where should where should where does a creator end and the commercial response begin? Like sure. what should people be allowed to to make? Is there anything that people shouldn't be allowed to make? Um, and I wanted to have something a little bit more, um, esoteric like this to add into the conversation that, you know, 104 year old movie that, um, you know, is, is actually really incredible to watch. It looks really good considering it's 104 years old. And, yeah. I, um,
0: I wonder if that, uh, is the oldest puzzle piece that's been cited on this show or if be. one one, one of my film nerd, uh, co-hosts has brought something up that was earlier. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it sounds like it uh definitely you know is a, is a good one to bring up what do you got so next up for me uh when I first saw this movie because I, I again I I went in blind other than all of the insane praise and I I did I I purposely did not watch the trailer um I wanted to just totally go in blind because I had heard that that is the best way uh to do it and so when I start you know sat down started watching um and it was this like clever cute comedy uh, <laughs> about yeah. these people running a con on this family. Uh, you know, at least up until the big shift at the end. um I kept thinking, this is like a '90s Steve Martin movie, like yeah. an '80s or '90s Steve Martin movie. So I thought of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels as a puzzle piece right Good then pull. and there while yeah. I was in the while I was in the theater. And um, the first you know, half, just, the first act, yeah. the first
1: two acts, I would say, are definitely Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah,
0: yeah, a, a total, just a, a clever, fun scam-based comedy, yeah. uh, and. I could totally see uh, Steve Martin in his prime, you know, like as like especially like being the dad role or something like that, you know, as they as they go through this whole process of of getting the whole family to scam their way into uh, into this house. There was Steve Martin
1: was probably uh, when I was young, you know, like too young to really know what's good yet in the eighties, like just a little kid. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> Steve Martin was such an important bridge you know yeah. like he was goofy and silly and then he was also in stuff where i remember the first time watching LA story which i don't know yeah. if that's a movie that really holds up that much but
0: i just watched it last year for the first time actually or at least i think it was the first time what i, I did didn't you remember think? it i loved it it was it's so good. good yeah
1: and i remember watching it and having those that thought that you have when you're little when you're sort of when you're young and you're sort of starting to become who you're going to become and knowing like okay this is good. This is what mm-hmm. something good. is. And like, not like, oh, Voltron kicked somebody's ass and I loved it. It was fun. <laughs> but like, no, this is something that's good. That's very yeah. well made. And again, I haven't seen LA story for a while. I, I think it would probably still hold up. It was a great movie, but yeah, Steve Martin helped. Br- he was in like kind of a, not great movie, a movie that was a little up its own ass called a uh, grand Canyon. And don't think I ever uh, the, saw that one in the early '90s, I was still really young when that came out, and I was still in that age where you're like starting to like the things that you're gonna like you know mm-hmm. for, for your life and um I remember thinking too like oh, this is something that's that's good or at least it's trying to be good and yeah. and like understanding the difference between you know just just like run-of-the-mill movies and movies that have something to say
0: Steve Martin kind of rules
1: yeah, Steve Martin kicks ass so what do you got next, Q? All right, so next for me is another very not well-known movie uh, that I don't even know if you can still find it. I haven't seen it since I was a. You went deep for this. (laughs) I went really (laughs) deep for this. This this movie actually had a Wikipedia entry on it. Otherwise, I couldn't have been able to remember it. My last two puzzle pieces, I couldn't remember the titles of I had to go searching for them because I haven't seen them in over 20 years. Yeah. So this puzzle piece is... Eating Raul. Have you ever heard of Eating Raul?
0: Definitely heard of it. I think I saw it like a long, long time ago. When we
1: were kids, it was the kind of movie that would be on like, like right before Toxic Avenger was on. Like it was that kind of a movie. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, it's a 1982 black comedy directed by Paul Bartel, who didn't really do a whole lot else. Um, it had <laughs> Mary Waranov, Robert Beltran, Ed Begley, uh Ed Begley Jr., Buck Henry, Susan Sager, was about this married couple, and this is what stuck out to me, it was this married couple that was running a, um, running like a cigar shop, uh, and, or like they, they worked at like a wine and cigar shop, right? And mm. they basically would push their, I don't remember if it was like, that they were cooking the people, like some of the rich people that would come to their cigar or and wine shop, they would either kill them cook them, and serve them, or something like that, but it had a lot of the same over, overtones, and um, it's a it's a crazy movie, I honestly wish that I could tell you where to go watch it, I don't even think it's anywhere you can find, I think it's a movie that's lost the history, it's from 1982, maybe it's on some streaming channel somewhere, but uh, I don't know Dave, if you ever saw this one, but this is one of those ones that we were watching when we were little kids, it would just be on and you knew you shouldn't be watching it because there was right. sex, <laughs> yeah. and there was like people getting drunk, and there was like fucked up stuff, and uh it, like and, and and I mean you were like seven, eight, nine years old, and you knew that you weren't supposed to be watching it, and if your parents caught you, you'd be in trouble. But Just um, looked it
0: up, and it is in the Criterion collection, so it must be on that Criterion channel. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty awesome. Uh, maybe I'll go watch it. <laughs> yeah, I got I got to revisit that because I'm sure I saw it back in the day, like you said, one of those. The weird adult movies that like you're like, what the hell is this? But you're like, this is this is kind of great <laughs> when you're a yeah. kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love it. It has that
1: childish sort of whimsy to it that that I think um that uh that Parasite had.
0: I I love that so far we've gotten in our puzzle pieces, we've gotten uh William H. Macy, Steve Martin, and Ed Begley Jr. What what a great like trio of of comedic actors like like just schmucky comedic Cast those actors guys. <laughs> seriously yeah my god all right I got so one more uh, after this Dave what do you have okay so my next puzzle piece um a movie I love to bring up on piecing it together it is Darren Aronofsky's mother oh Jesus yes well I I hadn't thought of this until this morning actually but um you know uh the the main there's obviously plenty of ways to look at mother and and uh, you know different layers of of what it's saying and all that, but I think the the best uh, the best way to read it and the most important takeaway from it is that people are terrible and they are parasites that are destroying this planet. You know, <laughs> and so I I think that looking at um, at a uh, parasite. Uh, from from the most cynical point of view, is everybody being just terrible? You know, like like we were talking about earlier. Uh, of course, you know you, you you root for these people. You know, certainly through the first half of the movie, then things uh, things fall apart and get violent and get horrible. Uh, but you know, it, it, nobody's good really in this situation. And I tend to uh, lean towards everybody being bad in real life too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, the, yeah
1: the 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 thing that really sets parasite apart from a lot of the movies that we're talking about is just the the suddenness and the tragedy of the ending of it and the way that it yeah. the way that it closes up um and it's it separates it from my last puzzle piece which is uh a movie that thank God I did my research but because I almost called it the wrong thing okay in my head I thought that I was talking about a movie uh, I, th- I thought I was talking about um the movie down and Out in Beverly Hills, which is not the movie that I wanted to talk about. That's like an old Nick Nolte vehicle that from the from the eighties. The movie I actually wanted to talk about, and again, thank God I looked it up, uh, was uh, the uh, N- Natasha Leone movie Slums of Beverly Hills from nineteen ninety eight, which okay. is a another sort of black comedy film. Um, it starred uh, Leone, Alan Arkin, Marissa Tomei. They were this sort of. They were this broke family family that was living in Beverly Hills as a way to keep, what they were doing was they were, it's set in the seventies, I think in 1976 and Alan Arkin's character, because of the energy crisis, he can't find a decent job selling uh, Oldsmobiles and they're basically living on the come. They're living like, you know, just hand to mouth um renting apartments and then moving from apartment to apartment as they're getting evicted, all mm. in Beverly Hills, all in an effort to keep Natasha Leone and her brother uh in the prestigious good schools in that school district. Right. And it's it's a movie about a family that's pulling scams. It's a movie about a family that's perpetually broke. And it's a movie about a family that um there's some divisions and disagreements and fights, but they mostly love each other and, and have each other's back. And uh at the same time, some of them want to break apart and do their own thing, which was a theme in Parasite where each of the each of the uh you know, there's the fame the famous scene, the um I thought was a really iconic scene in the in the living room where they were just kind of bullshitting with each other, getting drunk. Right. And yeah. talking about like what they would plan to do. And um, yeah, that's that energy is very strong in Slums of Beverly Hills, which came out in ninety eight, and uh, it was a good movie. I would recommend anybody
0: watch it. Absolutely. Wasn't that one that used to play on Comedy Central a lot? I feel like that used to be on Comedy Central all the time. Yeah, in between uh, Chris Farley reruns. Um, But but yeah, no, great movie. And I I hadn't thought about it in a long time. Uh, That would be interesting to revisit. Uh, But yeah, great piece. And uh, I will do one more. Uh, This is a movie I haven't seen since high school. Um, I honestly mostly just remember the box art uh, but then I I thought of it and I looked it up and I was like hell yeah that totally would make for a good puzzle piece for this movie it's Wes Craven's 1991 horror film The People Under the Stairs oh I
1: almost picked this yeah
0: and uh, you know these kids they go into this house looking to uh, to rob it and they find out that something you know horrible is happening in that house and yeah I mean, these people they're they're going into this house and they're they're basically you know living off of this family, you know, and find out, oh, that there's this terrible thing happening in the base I mean, like <laughs>
1: literally spoiler alert if you haven't seen parasite yet and if you haven't seen parasite, go see it. but yes. there are literally people living under the stairs,
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely, and of course, that is um, you know, once that is set in motion that's when this movie begins to take a very different uh uh tone and that's where a lot of you know the really interesting things that bong has to say with this movie really starts to come out with especially with there being you know you've got this poor family poor family that is you know scamming their way into this rich family's house but then there's people even worse off than than them living even further underground and just uh just how that cycle just, you know, continues and it's uh, it's it's pretty damn bleak uh but it's very very well done the way that there's different levels to that and and literal levels to it as you get under the stairs. So uh, I like it, Dave. Yeah. So that's a, that's that's a quick list. Let's do the finished uh puzzle list and we'll get into some closing thoughts on Parasite. Uh but the the list includes shameless, us, intolerance, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Eating Raoul, Mother, Slums of Beverly Hills, and The People Under the Stairs. So, uh, Q, got any closing thoughts on Parasite?
1: I loved Parasite. Parasite was um, my favorite movie of 2019. Um, All right. I, uh, <clears throat> other than maybe Six Underground. <laughs> it yeah. It's <laughs> not fair to compare any other movie to Six Underground. Um, but yeah, it was... It, it it was great. Again, it was a, it was singular. It was unique. It was original. There haven't. I mean, it's it's hard to do a show like this to try to find like these common threads because guaranteed that not one of the things that you and I just said has Bong Joon Ho actually drawn any kind of real inspiration sure. from. He yeah. He he's a creature of his own mind.
0: And uh, it's kind of like our Irishman episode. It's like. You know, come on, it's Martin Scorsese. You know, right, he doesn't yeah. have, he doesn't have influences. You know, he does, but they're from the 20s on back, you know. Right. <laughs>
1: his, his influences are from like some, like a racial slur that somebody yelled at him <laughs> in the 40s when he was a teenager. Like, like that's what is. his, influences are abuse. Like his influences are like, uh, are, uh, uh, people dying of the, the, the gripe. In in the fucking depression, like he is depre- yeah. his film is not what he gets. Um, you know, totally. what he gets influenced by.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I I I like I said, this movie really did grow on me quite a bit. I, I I I it raised way up my list as I was making my end of the year list of movies, and um, I do think also as far as movies that deal with class warfare or you know the disparity between the different uh Classes, I I think this is one of the best movies that deals with that that issue, and that is a very popular thing to deal with right now. I mean, it, I didn't use them as puzzle pieces, but things like Ready or Not, and even Knives Out, and uh there, there's been a lot of movies this year that have dealt with it, and the last couple of years, and I think that that's going to be something we continue to see with the way the things that we talk about on Bird Road all the time have been going. Um, one last thing I did want to talk about before we close this thing up. Is uh, it, it seems like as much as it really shouldn't happen, it seems like an American remake is pretty much inevitable. <laughs> uh, what 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 do you think about Please the don't prospect let it happen. of that?
1: Um, <sighs> I I don't think that first of all, I don't think that Bong is gonna do that. So it would be a different, it would be a different vision. It would be somebody else doing it, right? Um, yeah. Didn't you want to like try to figure out who would play who?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have any like specifics for specific characters, just like some people whose like energy I thought I could see in something like this. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely the first person I went to is Jason Bateman. Um, I could totally see him in something like this, maybe in in uh, the dad role um of uh of the uh wait the the loser dad or
1: the douchey dad the 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 the, rich
0: dad or the or the poor the poor poor dad the kim family
1: jason Um, oh yeah yeah, okay all right i can see that just kind of put upon yeah yeah and like
0: like, yeah and like quick quick everybody come on we got to do this we got to do this you know (laughs) that kind of thing i also thought uh tom holland is possibly the main character the main guy Uh, I couldn't think for the main girl, uh, the one who does that little mnemonic device thing at the door that everybody loves so much.
1: What about the girl that was, uh, what about the girl that's in all the fucking Star Wars movies, Daisy Ridley?
0: That's not too bad, I guess.
1: I mean, see that? I think that, I think she's going to have a Hayden Christensen problem. She's going to be typecast. Like, and it's going to be hard for her to do anything else. She will live on in memes though that's yeah <laughs> Christian Christensen was a damn good actor it, I, I assume he still is I'm sure he's not dead but like um yeah I don't know well I, I,
0: one one thing uh one of one of our listeners actually on Twitter um had a really great point in a tweet uh Zach Brigman his name is uh he said that if they were gonna do this which they shouldn't of course but uh give terrible. it to Neil give it to Neil Blomkamp, and let him finish his trilogy of haves versus have nots movies with, uh, district nine and Elysium. Yeah. Um, Ely- Elysium was terrible. Uh, let's get that out of the way, but district Nine's fantastic. And, uh, he should definitely get to, to wrap that up, do a third one in this kind of a, uh, you know, haves, haves, not struggle kind of thing.
1: You know how you win me over, uh, for recasting in this, you huh. cast the mom, the, the, the poor mom, uh huh. Uh, Ann Dowd. You know Ann Dowd?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that she would be, be mom- the mom,
1: like the 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 shot putter. <laughs>
0: yeah. I could
1: see Ann Dowd getting some clearance on a shot, on a shot put, getting some, <laughs> getting you know, like that that, that that that. By the way, what a great little detail to make it that the mom was like a champion shot putter. Yeah. Uh, like just a little <laughs> thing that you know,
0: whatever. Uh, fucking great. I like it.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Oh, almost forgot. Real quick before we go. What's another movie you saw recently you like to recommend to our listeners?
1: Oh, uh, I saw Climax.
0: Oh, you you watched my favorite movie of
1: 2019. It was great. I loved it. I tried to get my wife to watch it and I tried to tell her like, "Okay, I'm going to shut this off halfway through cuz you're not going to like the second half." And she was like, <laughs> "Ugh." And she's already <laughs> if I'm recommending something she doesn't want to hear hear it or watch it. And then I told her it was by uh, Gaspar Noe, and she n- immediately knew who he was and was like, No, because she's like, I'm, I I I guess she was scarred by some old movie of his like 15 years ago where there was what, like a very great, very uh, gratuitous rape scene. And she was yeah. like, Nope, not watching that. that.
0: He's very famous for that. Yeah. Yeah. So she. Yeah. Uh, I figured she would either like this movie because of the subject matter or hate it because of Gaspar Noe. So yeah, I figured it'd definitely yeah. go one way or the other. She wasn't feeling it. So yeah. we didn't end up watching it. All right. I watched it, though,
1: and I loved it. I thought Climax was great.
0: I think that about does it. Q, uh, why don't you plug Bird Road for a minute? Nope. No. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. For, I don't know. You can listen
1: to Bird Road. It's on the All Points West Network. It's everywhere that uh, podcasts are found.
0: Are you tired of stumbling across the same old kind of podcast show with a couple of white guys every other day talking about different forms of entertainment such as movies, music, video games? Well, too bad, because we got another one for you. Introducing the world's most unoriginal and anti-niche podcast ever, the Podwood Forecast. Hosted by Mitchell Owens. I
1: steal money from poor innocent people who got in car crashes.
0: And yours truly, Clifford Close. This is a podcast we do for fun where we talk about the little things we enjoy. The Podwood Forecast. Available on any podcast platform. Alright, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Parasite. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you should. It's still out in some theaters and then I hear, depending on where you live, that there's a black and white version coming out. But, of course, the reason why we scheduled it for release this week is because it is now available for rent and to purchase on demand, so definitely go check this movie out. It is worth seeing and it's probably going to clean up a lot of major awards uh, and at the Oscars in a couple weeks. So, Definitely make sure you see this thing. So that does it for today. I want to remind you all, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, of course, uh, you can sign up for our Patreon, where this episode has been available for a couple of weeks now. But sometimes when we uh, record an episode and we're holding on to it until a VOD release, we put them up on the Patreon early. Also, we're going to be recording some special bonus content for there. Also, I'm going to be releasing some music stuff early in there as well soon. More details on that to come. Uh, but first, got to get back on track. I've been sick for the past week. It's been throwing me all kinds of off, which you wouldn't know considering we had three episodes last week. Uh, but they were all in the can and they were all ready to go. So that made things a little easy for me while I stayed in bed and slept through all of last week. But I think I'm, I'm just about better and ready to start recording some new episodes. So lots of new stuff coming your way. So uh, with that said, I think we should close this thing off with a piece of music as we always do and i think a good weird dark track to go with the kind of themes that end up getting explored in a movie like parasite one of my favorite tracks from my album an unseen sky it's a track called a stranger i love this track i always wanted to make a music video for this one and maybe we eventually will because uh you know there's no reason not to i all i got to do is get get a team together get some people together and make this thing come to life and I think that still might happen one of these days. But for now, I got to record some new music. I got to make more podcasts and I got to play you this track, A Stranger. We'll be back with more piecing it together coming up later this week.